and welcome to episode 22 of A View from the Dugout with myself, Chris, from Sailor on the Budget. And I am joined tonight by my co-host, a man whose favourite 1997 movie is The Saint. And he's also a fond follower of Helen Mirren, uh, who won three awards for Prime Suspect. It's Russ from Scotland Surreal. How are you tonight, Russ? I'm here with Julio Giorgio, Surreal on a Budget's latest signing. It's six goals in four games. Have you got a message for your manager, Chris? Who can I have a message? Yeah, fair go, you must, sir. He'll have not seen for before the weekend, like. Well, there we go. We went with a bit of a fast show one there, guys, if you haven't got that. That wasn't Russ having some sort of stroke. It was actually... <laughs> <laughs> it was actually a, an impersonation of Paul Whitehouse and uh, Harry Enfield, I believe. That wasn't was fast, just that was Harry Enfield, off. wasn't it? It was, it was, it was, uh, God, I don't know, that must be about 20 years ago now. Yeah, dating yourself there, sir, dating yourself there. What were you, Colombian, then? Colombian international striker, not Argentinian, as many people Julio thought he was. Giorgio. Julio Giorgio. Yeah, yeah, fantastic stuff, fantastic stuff. Well, this is going to be another one of these episodes, I reckon. Uh, just on that note, let me just, uh, there we go, one for the working man. Um, and yeah, so how was your game week this week, Russ? I believe you once again... I rocketed up some of the leaderboards and got yourself a couple of prizes again. Yeah, it's um, better than uh, my team supporting week, which was your references certainly on the intro with all your Mirren. I've done it Saint again. Mirren. The Saint and Mirren and three yeah. awards. Yeah, see, that again. was Sorry. clever. You're getting good at this. You're getting good at this. Um, the main man yeah. when it comes to those type of things, Russ. My team, obviously that support had a struggle, but my Surreal team um, delivered not quite the goods I was expecting, but certainly brought brought back in a prize. So um, I sat fourth in the world uh, on the Limiteds on Sunday, not even Saturday. It was on a Sunday. And I was looking and I was quite excited. I was like, oh, this could be good. We're, we're, we're talking star cards here. Um, however, I... Fell from grace, even with the mighty 375 points accumulated, which was a little bit of a shock, which prompts uh, possibly a later part of the podcast in relation to our reconstruction progress, etc. But on one of the other competitions, um, I think it was actually my under-23s, I secured another card, and I've won Connor Barn of Aberdeen this week, who would have a value of maybe about one point, uh, sorry, point one three ETH, would that be about right? Can't argue that, can you? And that's that was one that I was a, a big fan of. And obviously, we both spoke about him over the summer with uh, his appearances and his performances for Scotland's under 21s. Um, however, unfortunately, he picked up that injury right at the start of pre season. So it's one that I sold mine for a lot more than that. Um, even when ETH was lower, I still I think I pulled in about 230, 250 quid for mine. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely still scope, I reckon, when he comes back. But you've got to wonder. The way that Aberdeen have been, you know, they've been pretty decent, and their midfield's been pretty decent. So where does he, where does he fit in, especially with the young lad uh, Leighton Clarkson up from Liverpool? So, um, have you have you decided to keep him, or is he uh, on his way out the door, or has he, he already left be. the building? No, he's not left the building yet. He uh, okay. he is leaving. Um, I don't have, I, don't, I genuinely don't have any use for him. So, I'll put him up lowest on the market. Um, if he sells, good and well. If he doesn't, um, probably by the weekend uh, he'll be in the Pavel. I would have thought yeah. as part of a part of a deal. Um, the reconstruction, as I mentioned there just a few seconds ago, has been ongoing. Um, I've probably adapted 
hopefully for the, the benefit of my overall gallery, um, a, a few sort of tactics just in relation to what I've been doing, which we'll speak about later. But yeah, the game week in itself, I genuinely had hoped for maybe two rare cards, to be perfectly honest. That's the kind of the, what I've set myself now in relation to the size and value of my gallery. But um, yeah, I got one and I, obviously I won the, the limited card as well, which was one that I was I was actually quite pleased to get because I'd actually been looking at them as a rare card. Yeah. Uh, I'm just it's funny how that works out. Because I mean, yeah, I Lucas actually... Bernadou, um yeah. was one, was the limited card, which I'm I'm quite happy with that. Yeah, quite stay. Quite, do you know what? Stay. That's a good name. Yeah, right. And I mean, it's fun because I mean, I I'd already looked up your rewards <laughs> before before you'd even had a chance to, because I know you were busy at the time, and I was like, well, I wonder what you've got. So I had to be, I had a nosy, Russ. You yep. had a nosy. I need to get one. I need to get that made as a t-shirt, don't I? We need a hello t-shirt. We need a nosy t-shirt. Could we get a Tutton t-shirt? Perhaps. Perhaps. I think we could. We could get a range of t-shirts and probably no fucker buy any, but I mean, still, we've got, we'd have a range of them. We could, uh, yeah. We could have a look at that. But yeah, I, I had a look at that and I was, uh, yeah, I seen the Connor Barron one and I thought that's pretty decent. When I looked at the value, I mean, I think what, between the two, a couple hundred quid? Um, 220 quid or something? Yeah. So yeah. at the end of the day, it's a, that's a great return on a one week. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you've got a lot invested into that, but when if you were getting that every single week for a year, that's ten grand. <laughs> you know, so well, I just looked and hand on heart, you can, well, anybody can look, but from game week, um, I think was it two ninety or what game week are we in now? Is it three hundred is about to start on Saturday? Yeah, yeah. So from game week two ninety, so for the month of August, I've I've been lucky enough to win a thousand pounds in prizes. So uh, you can't moan at that. That's no, definitely not. Definitely not. And I mean, I was just saying that to you. I mean, I, I had the higher ETH um, quite comfortably. I think I was 309 points or something like that. Um, so I was quite pleased to to go through that without without concern again. And I think since the, the leagues came back um, in Europe, I think I've had, it's all bar one have been the higher ETH and, and one was the lower. So I've never not achieved. Granted, I got opted into that lower ETH, um, but I still got it. So... Uh, it's it's a fair chunk of money. It's probably a couple of hundred quid's worth of return just from the ETH thresholds. Add in the couple of cards that I got as well. So, you know, yeah, it's been it's been quite fruitful since Europe came back. Um, this week, like I say, I only had the the higher one. I was a bit of a victim of European rotation. A few of the teams that I've got because with my limited cards, particularly, I've picked up cards that I could also use in midweeks, and that's kind of bit me a wee bit of some of the weekends, you know, where I've had, you know, players are maybe coming off the bench that are regular starters or just underperformers and things. So I had a few ones. Um, my main man, Tin Plavatic, uh, the Tin man, uh, he got his heart and his goal this week. Uh, 75.2 points. He's got a, a goal and two assists this season so far, Russ. That's more than uh, Tupperware Totty. Uh, Brian Tashira, he's now on five assists and two goals for the season in five games, uh, 73.4 points. Big Kevin Van Veen, goal machine, uh, 69.3, another goal for him, three out of four, I believe. And uh, my next one, Sven Van Beek. Um, I'm glad I don't have his rare card. Um, that's another 63 he's put in. I think all the scores this season have been 60 plus. So it's been that's been a pretty solid return off of him. Uh, so this week, what I've tried to do, Russ, and I, we, we touched on it just before we hit record, was the fact that I kind of reassessed a little bit in terms of where I wanted to put 
some of the better players and things like that, because you kind of brought it to my attention as well, um, that I was winning prizes fairly regularly, and then suddenly that stopped. And that also coincided with me buying more players and trying to do too many things at once, maybe, or having too much of a focus spread across or what have you. So I've tried to narrow that down again. I have dropped down a few more cards. Um, I've had a couple of cards sell today and a couple of cards um, that I've still got listed. So I have been trying to, you know, streamline it a little bit and get focused back on my main priorities that were, you know, I'd said before my main one was going to be like specialist and things like that. But when the rare cards came back, I started being like all stars, obviously where I need to go. And then I got distracted a wee bit from the limited. So I'm I'm trying to readdress that this week. So fingers crossed I can get back on the card trail. As a minimum, I would want to be hitting eighth, especially, you know, when you've got a playing goalkeeper, you kind of need to have, you know, to be hitting that. Um, so I'm I'm looking forward to the weekend again. Game week 300, kind of a milestone one. I don't know if you're putting in a team into the, the jersey competition, but personally, it has no interest to me. Um, no. I've got signed football tops and stuff so um yeah you could i seen the the list of them and i had a look and i was like okay there are some you know some decent ones in there but do you know what it's not worth me going and putting a team into that when there's only going to be 45 prizes for i think it was two and a half thousand entries at that point so i'm just like i'm as well sticking to my guns and going with you know specialists under 23s and then underdog and all-star just to just to kind of round it out so that's where I'm at for the weekend, Russ. I don't know if you've got any new plans for the weekend or have you... Uh... Well, what I did notice, I noticed that you... There was a, a quite high-profile, long-term departure from your club and amongst that as well, wasn't there? Don't bring it up. Don't I, I'm bring still it up. sore. It, it still hurts. It still hurts. It? Okay, I'm... Is it like I'm you're gonna... kicking the nuts? Do you know what? I'm going to... Uh, yeah, it was a bit of a kick in the nuts. And, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to get this off my chest. Uh, and, and, you know, it's like confession time. Um. He hasn't scored over... I mean, he's had, like, one score over 40 in however long. And no decisives. He was the top assists last season. And then when they changed their manager, he just lost it. He's just not been... I don't know if he's playing slightly different or if he's been given a different role or whatever it may be, but he's just not capitalising on it. Now, now that I've sold him, you can almost be damn sure that he's going to get two assists and a goal this weekend. Uh, but... It was time. I had to. I had to make a move. I had to try and upgrade. Um, that I brought back an old card of mine, which was Zayn uh, Dinov from CSKA. Now, when I had him last, um, it was the same midfield card that I have. But when I had him last, he was playing as an attacking mid, and now he's playing as a centre back. And his scores have been pretty solid for a centre back, to be fair. Um, so I traded Stefan Nuts and uh, Ross Callahan uh, into Pavel to get this card. Uh, Ross Callahan, who was red carded for two yellow cards when he possibly had a three month sentence for his <laughs> challenge that he put in, um, that he only got a yellow card for. But I managed to put the two of them in there, picked up Zainut Dinov, and that's reflected. So, this is the first week where the Austrians have been playing that Stefan Nuts has not been in my lineup for seven months or more. So, it's it was a heavy heart. But it was the right thing to do. And it's what we've spoke about before, Russ. You know when you do get an attachment to some of those cards? Like Marcus Pink, same story. And I'm worried that he's actually going to end up losing his place in the team, to be honest. So he's away and Stefan Nuts is away. So now my longest hold is Adam Lesden's from when the Scottish Leagues launched and I started picking up my Dundee cards. So my Dundee cards are finally 
filter into the bottom of my gallery so I don't have to hunt through things to find them now. But yeah, that's where I'm at with that one. So, And I think it would be fair to say, obviously, given my initial reference of when Julio Giordio said that you would have them up for sale by Saturday, um, which is just reference to the fact that you... You know, you openly, you you know, you make no bones about it. You openly trade in and out of players at a very high frequency. And probably, you know, there'll be some players that actually don't even see the light of day in a lineup. I'm guessing, for, for you from between a, a, a Monday and a Sunday. It happens all the time. I mean, was it last week? Yeah, it was last week. Candias. I bought him on the Monday for 0.04, uh, which was about 60 quid. And then I sold him before the weekend for 123 quid. So he didn't even make it into my lineup and I doubled yeah. my money on him. It's It happens all the time. And it's, you know, people can go and look at rosettes or little, you know, trophies or whatever on Serie uh, Data and see how many prizes you've won. But I've traded, I mean, we spoke about it, Russ, it's over £5,000 that I've withdrawn from the, the platform. And I've still got a gallery sitting at three and a half grand, including my balance. So I can't complain. You know, I really, really can't complain. Um, and it's the way I've always done it. And I think I'm 0.9 worth of threshold wins. And I think it's about 0.4 or 0.45 is what the rewards have been valued at. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's the way I'm going to continue playing the game. It's it's uh, Trading's always been the fun element, finding those gems and then moving them on when they have a couple of good games. I think that's yeah. the way we've, we've both done very well out of that. Definitely. I'm at 1,250 uh, 1, trades. Uh, I had a wee look and I, I went back historic to the very the very start. I think I mentioned that maybe about five or six episodes ago. And um, I don't know whether I should be proud or ashamed, but I've had over 250 trades with Pavel. I used to I actually noticed a change in my pattern, actually, which is quite interesting. And I don't know if anybody, any of the listeners, etc., will be the same, but... When I first joined the platform, I would send trades to anyone. And it really was. I went back and looked. And don't get me wrong, a lot of them got rejected. And a lot of them were quite good deals that I looked at and go, why did I send that now? Um, but yeah, when I first started playing the game, I really would be prepared and try to trade with anyone. And I think over the last three months, when I looked at it, it's honestly the, the number of people <laughs> is so small that I've actually attempted. And I don't know, maybe I'm... Um, Maybe I'm missing a trick because I used to always try and give, say, 110 or 115% of value if I was offering a swap to somebody that wasn't Pavel anyway. You know, you're trying to entice somebody into a deal for a player that you want. But I was just looking and it's like all the accepted deals in my history and anybody can look at it. It's just it's mostly with Pavel for, um, you know, for for my purchases um, where there's a player swap involved, which, yeah, I was like quite surprised at that. So... For me, just in relation, obviously you've mentioned your game week and obviously turning over some players and your your longest serving. I have done a little bit more work, obviously, as the pod's been going throughout the month of August. I think I started with about 160 or 170 players in total. And I realised that, do you know what? I should be doing better. So the end of July, we spoke about, I should be doing better. I've got a big gallery. I've got some really good cards Every so often, I'm putting really good cards in with poorer cards just to get more lineups out and more teams out. And I wasn't needing to make drastic changes, but I was needing to make changes. So I've addressed that. And over the over the month of August, I think I probably said, I'm sure I sent you a wee picture message today, but I'm down 
by about 33% on my limited cards. So I'm down from about what, 60 to, I think it's about 40 now. And I actually, hand on heart, I gave away half a dozen limited cards just randomly to guys that I, that I knew had signed up with me over the course of the year. Um, nothing in it, no, you know, not, it wasn't incentivized or anything like that. It was just cards. Some of them were worth a quid. Some of them were worth a five or tops. But I just randomly looked and thought, you know what? I'm sick of seeing you in my gallery. Off you go to pass. Off you go to past just new. I could have probably, obviously, punted them out to anybody random, or I could have tried to put them into Pavel to get like one card in exchange or something. And I thought, you know what? The guys that a lot of our listeners, etc., are pretty much in the same boat as us. They're trying to develop. They're not sitting with Ajax and Celtic stacks, and you know putting all over Twitter and things like that when they're winning major, major prizes because they've got the resource to do so. Um, a lot of the guys are trying to hit the threshold as a target, and it's like that, that remains their main target is hitting the lower one, never mind the higher one. So I was kind of mindful of that, and I thought, you know what, I'll give a few guys just a few extra options. Some of the cards, you know, you'd be lucky if you get a quid for it. Some of the cards I'm looking and thinking, do you know what, he's playing every week. He's not getting great scores, but you know what? All it takes is maybe two or three green scores in a row, and if somebody moves them on, I don't care what they do with them. So, yeah, I looked at that, and one of the other key things that I've been re- that's been really kind of on my mind for, uh, it's probably been on my mind since the start of the year, and I keep changing my analysis and my own opinion of it, and that's obviously the under twenty threes, and I've kind of traded out with them and traded into them and I have made a lot of money off the 23s when I look back at my sort of trading and tracking records those are the players that I definitely um have made the most sort of profit on buying and selling yeah now I started the exercise about two weeks ago of looking at all my sort of squad guys guys that I'm you know we're hopeful of getting a transfer this window or next some young players that I hope would break through. So lots of prospect-type players, not necessarily based on age. And um, ultimately, I thought, you know what? They're actually contributing nothing to my squad right now. I'm not using them because they're maybe sc- their scores are orange. And that's no use at this level in the game with this amount yeah. of players now, as we both know. And I just thought to myself, you know what? You've waited long enough on some of them to return whether it be the 50% or the times four profit on that you're hoping for, that you know one day will come but now it's not going to be me that gets it. So I've moved them on. I've brought in a lot of quality under 23s. I'm really happy with what I've brought in in over the last um, sort of seven to 10 days. So, you know, just looking at my gallery, um, you know, obviously I've brought Lotaro Blanco back. I've brought Michelle uh, Balak-Wisha back. That was phenomenal for me. I, I think I paid about £500 for him a few days ago. Bear in mind, I sold him for £1,000 only three months ago. Um I brought in Alvaro Barril as a, a rare card from the MLS, Joseph Rosales from the MLS. And two of the key ones that are going to be really, really instrumental for me. Obviously, I mentioned him on the pod a few times, but Alexander Alvarado um, is, a, is a key figure for me. He's sitting on a last five average of 74 now. And Alex Bangura that plays in the Eredivisie that's been heavily linked with moves uh, to fire nerd, and that's even including the fact that Marcos Lopez has already transferred there. So, really happy with the purchases that I've made in the 23s. And just to put a wee bit of cherry uh, on top of the cake, I also brought in uh, good old faithful Kan Erkin, who obviously should benefit from the new matrix. And 
today I signed a player that I've been after for about three months, which is Rami uh, Bensabiani at uh, Borussia. So really happy with how the gallery's looking. I've still got a wee bit of ETH, and there's going to be a wee bit more surgery to do um, as well. So, yeah, happy days. Happy days indeed. I mean, just having a, a quick nose, I mean, uh, the, the Matrix was the next thing I was just going to mention, obviously, just I've tried to be a wee bit mindful of that this week as well, with it changing. Um, I'm taking a wee bit of a risk sticking with my uh, stack from, uh, well, defensive stack with Sahin Radlinger and uh, the Tin Man, because obviously if I start to concede goals, now the defenders are getting four points off and the keepers are getting three points off per goal, so... That's going to have a big impact, and that's something to definitely be mindful when you're setting your teams. Um, I had a wee, you know, I, I picked up one player I've been looking at for a wee bit as well, just because it was a European defender for midweek. Um, so I got Marvin Martins um, from uh, Austria, Vienna, yeah. uh, Luxembourg International as well. Mm-hmm. So I picked him up and I've sold Ryan Edwards. Uh, so that kind of He's playing left back, so and his scores are already pretty decent. So I'm kind of like, right, okay, well, if that's the case, uh, let's see how he performs under the new matrix. I've put him into the underdog, uh, the underdog rear team at the minute, but I'm hopeful um, that I could maybe move him into the all-star one, depending on what the performance looks like at left back. Um, they have got a game tomorrow night or tonight as the podcast drops. So I'm also conscious that there could be rotation. So I've left him out of the main team at the minute. But yeah, that's that's where I'm at. But the, yeah, guys, if you've not familiarised yourself with the Matrix, go and have a look at it and see, you know, before you set your teams, because you might find yourself making adjustments. Um, if you've got a player that regularly loses the ball 30 times in a game, all of a sudden that's going to be, you know, an extra 12 points that they're going to have that they don't normally have. Um, so it's worth having a wee look at to see, you know, what what's on there. So you can find it if you go to the blog at the bottom of the Serer page. Scroll down a little bit, you'll find it there. Obviously, your forwards are changing and being impacted now that they're getting, um, you know, increased bonuses for interceptions and their duels have gone from point five to point zero eight and this sort of thing. So there's there's a, there's a fair bit of uh, adjustment going on. So have a look at that and see where you are at with that because I think. In all the uproar and uh, chaos of the last seven days, that's probably been lost in it. That the matrix comes into effect this weekend. So have a look at that, guys. Um, and speaking of outrage, or as I've written on my pad, the full outrage. Um, let's start off with what kicked off the uh, community into being some of the moniest, moniest. How can I politely put it, Russ? Bastards. I don't know. You, you don't um, normally. Supply no, change. No, no, Jeff. <laughs> there was some serious moaning going on from some elements. And the ones that uh, were not moaning about it were the guys that have been around long. They've been winning prizes and things like that. I've seen people saying it was going to be a barrier to entry and things like that. Now, if you aren't willing to invest in yourself, then that's on you. You know, if you want to then go do all the, you know, all the uh, research and scores and everything yourself, then that's on you. Go for it. But um, I would not, uh, I wouldn't be doing it. So I've actually paid the the few quid a month to to get subscribed onto that. But that was where the, the outrage started. And I see, obviously, we've both seen the posts, you know, with, with numbskulls saying that, you know, um, they shouldn't be charging in the current climate and blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, to put it into context, these guys have been working on this project for over two years. 
Yeah, the third party. And, and giving it for free. Um, you know, this this is something that must be monstrously time consuming. Yeah, they got the seed money for you know to then continue investing into it, but it's about time they got their, their investment back and got some payment from it. So there was that, and that kicked off uh, what has been a week long um, toxic nature um, debate and discussion and things like that. So let's try and start off with a slight positive spin on it, Russ. Let's look at the initial Friday mention of the second division leagues being added to the the scoring. So on Friday, about two o'clock, Serea uh, broke the news that the second uh, tiers in the top five, well, the Champion Europe League, so the, the second tiers of those we're going to now be scored. Now, obviously, the championship in England was already scored. Yeah. Um, but that meant League 2 in France, Serie A in Italy, uh, La Liga 2 or La Liga Smart Bank, I think it's called, um, and the second uh, Bundesliga. They were all now going to be scored, which meant all those cards that had red crosses against them are now able to be used in global under-23s, and there'll be a newly created... Uh, Division, which they said in fall, which obviously meant there was obviously some American person involved in it because that meant autumn. Like you know, yeah. you know, it's it's the English language and the Americans butcher it. But hey ho, just like also soccer you and drunk. football. So um, yeah, so that on the surface, Russ. Before we go into any additional spin on it, mm-hmm. initial thoughts on that with with five leagues being available. So for me, I'm looking and thinking. I spend all my time, all my spare time, that I'm not with my family or I'm not in my part-time job, I spend all the rest of my time doing something to do with football, whether it's coaching the kids, watching games, occasionally playing football-related games, or spending time on Surreyor looking at trades, players, statistics, making charts, all that kind of stuff. My immediate thought was, oh, this is interesting, because my initial thoughts were, I know some good second division players in France from the football index days. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking and initially thinking, whoa, there's a couple of strikers that I would be really keen on. Um, then I thought, oh, okay, that's quite a lot of teams. You know, my second thought was, right, oh Christ, that's a lot of teams. Um, you're looking at a, whether they whether they license the whole lot or not. I've, I've not even read that to be honest. I don't know if it's every team or not, or if it's just the leagues and they'll adopt as many teams as they can on board. But then I'm looking and going, right, okay, that's probably 80 teams over the course of it. Um, But I'm still thinking, do you know what? It's a bigger player pool. Um, Depending on what competitions, that was my next fear or thought process was, okay, where am I going to be able to play them? Yeah. So that was my next thought process. And over the course of it, like, I certainly wasn't one of the people that that was panicking in it because we've said from day one, there's loads of guys out there that will post players. There's loads of, you know, wannabe scouts and there's loads of guys like us that put up content on players that think will do really well. And more often than not, most of us are pretty good at it. Um, so there was no panic around it for me. And I'm not thinking that it would be detrimental to my performance. I'm looking at my, my gallery going, 70, 75% of the boys in my gallery now are guys that actually really want to be there. And, just because there's a new striker in, say, you know, French League Two that comes along, I don't necessarily want to bin, say, one me at Betis that I've, <laughs> I've been after for ages. Got finally got. I'm really happy with him. He started the season on fire. I'm not going to bin him to take a punt on a 25 goal last season French striker. I'm just not going to do it. So 
for me, I missed the social media outpouring, and I've still not seen an awful lot of it, but based on just the actual announcement itself, I thought, this is actually quite positive. I'm okay with it. There's plenty of new players to pick from, and my final thought on that, just before I go back to you, is that I'm looking thinking, right, this is just affecting the amount of options that we have to pick from initially. Yeah. And that was it. Well, my my tweet, before I even looked at any of the comments or anything within it, was I retweeted it and put the word superb on it because I mm-hmm. thought to myself, do you know what? That's a lot of cards that are already in the game that are now going to be usable all of a sudden. Um, now, I had ETH balance and what have you sat there, but I didn't have an opportunity to go and look. Um, I'm trying to even think what I was doing on Friday. There was something I was doing. But I didn't have the chance to actually go and sit and scout them or find players or anything like that. But, um, yeah, on the surface, I, I thought, well, do you know what? That See, like last season, there, there was there's always some half-decent players in bottom-end teams. There's always one. Do you know what I mean? But you shy away from those players because if they're in a relegation-threatened team, you you know, you're looking at it going, oh, that's going to be a red cross. Yeah. So I need to get rid of my Oita Trinita boys when I had them at, in Japan. Who were they were at the bottom end of the table. They didn't look like they were going to get out of it. it I had to sell to move on. Otherwise, I'm stuck with these cards. My, my, my balance would have been tied up in those cards. So yeah. I, I look at it and think, right, okay, now that opens up, you know, some of the cheaper teams that are going to be at the bottom end of the Bundesliga, the, the teams that are going to be at, you know, the, the lower end of League One, like all the San Etienne players that just got relegated or whoever it was, you know, the, yeah. there's, mm-hmm. there's teams like that throughout the divisions. Um, same with Italy and things like that. Now, it just meant there's a bit of element of safety. Now, obviously, those teams could then get relegated from the second tier. Of course, know? yeah. Um, but it gives a safety element to those top ones. And I thought, well, do you know what? That's that's pretty decent as a starting point and things like that. And I was like, okay, happy days. Um, I love scouting. And, um, you know, if I see... You know, like Austria, where I still think prices are undervalued in Austria, but it's because people don't research it as much. Do you know? And it's it's the same because you don't have time. You know, who has time to sit and do all that other than, you know, people like us that don't do anything else? (laughs) (laughs) And so I thought that's pretty decent. That And, you know, obviously the championship is already there anyway. Um, From everything that I've read so far on it, it's not necessarily that the clubs are going to be suddenly licensed and they're all going to be in the game. It's more just that they've opened up the coverage. Yeah. Um, Now, Obviously, that was like Scotland. You know, if a player transferred to Scotland, you know, you had Kamar Roof before the Scottish Leagues were up. Things like that. Fashion Sakala. These kind of boys were available to use in Scotland. Jay Chapman, if he ever made an appearance in the country. Uh, You know, these boys could actually be used in in leagues that weren't covered, but they they they, they were scoring leagues. So there was that sort of thing there. So I looked at it, thought, okay, that's pretty good. And it wasn't until... You know, I don't know, maybe half an hour later that I went back on and I had a couple of DMs saying, what do you make of this and what do you make of this? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And I went and I had a look. And this was when um, clearly the shit had hit the fan. (laughs) Um, So for those who've been living under a rock, I very much doubt anybody doesn't know about it. Um, But if you're not on Twitter, you probably don't. And this was another part of it that I'll come to. But there was an account that was set up on the 23rd of July uh, with the name Relegation Lover. And um, they had spent, since the 23rd of July, 46 ETH on Red Cross players from the top five divisions. Now, it's quite clear that there was, you know, it, you don't spend that volume of money 
That's not pocket money. That's like what seventy grand, hundred grand. You know, depending on what the 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 ETH rate was at the time. But it's an enormous amount of money to spend speculatively. Um, now that came up as an insider trading. Everybody was going batshit. Where's the information come from? Why have these people had this information? Um, and that was when I had a little look. Now I mentioned it last week, Russ. Obviously, I picked up a couple of Dundee rares. Because I was looking at it thinking, right, okay, if we come back up next season, I could have these cards with a year's worth of training on them, put them into teams right away and start using them. So I was trying to pick a couple up and there was one that Pavel Trader had and its recent sale price was 0.01 and it was Zach Rudden. 0.01 was what he was sitting at uh, for his last three day sales and everything. I'd even offered Pavel 0.015, so 50% over. And he was still rejecting it. And he kept then listing them up for almost 0.1 and things like that. So that got my ire up a little bit because I'm like, well, did he know something else? Because if you look at the Dundee cards, they're listed as championship. And that's what's listed as being available. And obviously the Scottish championship's not, otherwise I'd be very happy. Mm. Um, but the it was just very interesting that, and we've seen it before on other other instances where there's maybe been big announcements coming, Russ. And yeah. suddenly, Pavel Traders delisted his entire gallery. Yep. Nothing's for sale all of a sudden. And we've seen that a few times, and we've thought, what's happening? What's what's afoot? You know, there must be an announcement coming. We've mentioned it on the pods. Sorry? We've mentioned it on the pods that yeah. we've seen, you know, I think episode five or six it would have been, and we thought something big's coming because Pavel Trader, I think I said Pavel Trader has nothing listed. Yeah. There's like 20, 20 cards. Yeah. He, he sits with 30,000, and he had 20 cards listed back in April at one point. Now, you'd think if there was a monumental change um, that, you know, I have said before, you know, that high stakeholders like somebody like a Pavel Trader. Now, you know, he's sitting with, I think he's still by a million miles, the highest card holder, uh, number of cards, not necessarily price wise, but the highest volume of cards. Um, I don't necessarily think making massive changes to the platform would happen without some form of stakeholder input um, from that kind of point of view. Um However, I didn't think that it would have been on this sort of thing, but clearly word had leaked somewhere about this happening. Um, There were since a couple of tweets that were put up of DM conversation from the beginning of August um, involving a nameless person saying that their brother was setting up an account and they were going to be buying these cards because they'd been informed that these leagues were now going to be covered and specifically that they were going to be able to be used in global under 23s and their own newly created league which is exactly verbatim what has happened. Yeah. So that element is very, very, very uh, sketchy. I think that's a term I've used before. Um, definitely very, very sketchy. And there's obviously more to it. Now, this obviously led to uh, Sarir coming out. And, well, Nicholas that night came out with a, a, a statement, which I've got. And um, it read to the effect of, uh, we are actively investigating reports of suspicious or prohibited account activity. A number of accounts have already been suspended pursuant to our T's and C's, and we will investigate any for any other accounts we suspect having violated our T's and C's. Our preliminary investigations, this is where there's a little bit, um, our preliminary investigations indicate the suspicious activity may be linked to an unintended update to the platform, brackets, player images from second division earlier this month 
or anticipation surrounded old announcements like the partnership with second uh, division teams like San Etienne, because that was only a few weeks ago they mentioned something with San Etienne, and then La Liga 2 and the two Bundesliga, which, do you remember when they launched the Bundesliga, Russ, and everybody yeah. was rushing and picking up? Uh, I was I, I was one. I, yeah. I, I did. I picked up quite a few, few and cards. It was, it was understandable because yeah. it was listed on everything, the, the second tier. So now that could have been one part of it. However, specifically somebody mentioning the fact that they were going to have their own league for the second tier of clubs takes it into a different element, I would say. Um, and I have seen that an account has disappeared today um, on Twitter because there there was an account for this relegation lover, and I think that was a hoax account. Um, however, um, there, there's been a couple of other things that have happened there. I'm not going to go into names. Go and search on Twitter. You'll find them, guys. Um, but that was a huge bone of contention um, and people did get their, you know, their backs up and I can understand why. I think the, re- the reaction was OTT perhaps a little bit, uh, but there is, you know, something to be answered to that effect. And since that one statement on Friday, Russ, and we're now at 9.30 on Wednesday evening, it's gone back to radio silence again. And I'll go back to episode one when there'd been the first community update right before we started the podcast. And the big thing that they mentioned, and Nicholas mentioned it over and over and over again, was communication. We know we need to do better with communication. We will do better with communication. And then a couple of weeks later, when my remember the race all game that I had yeah. my, you know, a full stack in and it didn't get scored until the very last minute. And there was no communication. It seems to be a lot of the time when things go wrong, it's not necessarily ostrich time, you know, and burying your head in the sand and pretending it's not happening. But they could be doing all manner of things behind the scenes, but they don't update the users. Now, maybe we are not entitled to know that information, Russ, but you would think as as players of the game and things like that, if there's, a, you know, a breach of trust, a breach of security information, perhaps, or whatever it may be, that there should be some element of that coming out and saying, right, okay, here's where we're at. We're now five days down the line. This is what we've done so far, because they eventually did it with Blackpool. When the Blackpool guys were all trading the cards and it all went into Hybe's account overnight and things like that, they did come out and they did make statements and things like that. And it settled things down because they went and did that. Now, that's it just comes back again to the communication for me on that part. But the insider trading, yet yeah, something's gone wrong somewhere. And hopefully they find out where it went wrong and they can fix that problem, eliminate that problem if needs be, and um, and move on on from there. That's that's where I'm at with uh, with all of that side of things, Russ. What was your? I know you've kind of not you've kind of been away because you've been busy with different things and what have you. But having heard that side of it, where are you at with with that kind of thing? Well. You mentioned, obviously, the Nicholas statement and the suspension of accounts, and I'm sitting in Relegation Lover's account right now yep. on Surreyor, having a look, and in the last seven hours, he's traded three three or four cards. Yep. So that's not suspended. No. And it's three or four cards that have been bought um, that are going to be lower league cards, including the unique for 0.35, yep. 500 quid for unique. So there's no suspension there. For me... Um, I'll just, I'm just going to cut to the chase. It smacks a shithousery to me, uh, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Um, the game is spending, the game is spending so much money on advertising. What's the point in 
advertising at every football stadium, getting partnerships with Bundesliga, La Liga, getting people like Mbappe to come on, getting Zidane, getting um, Romano to come on and start scouting programmes, getting investors from all over the world, regardless if they're football or not. You know, the Serena Williams of this world. What is the point in doing all this really positive, 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 positive work around the structure of the company and the basis of the company if something like this can be leaked so easily, which in effect pisses off users and then breaks the mechanic of the game. Now, we've seen a market crash this week based on users selling up, users disenchanted. We've seen a social media backlash. Um, some of it warranted, some of it not. Some, Like you say, some of it's slightly OTT, but some of it, you know, I'm sitting here and I, I don't use Twitter an awful an awful lot. I probably should use it a lot more than I, than I do, but I, I'm just not one of these guys that will generally go on and so, unless something really, really irks me. And on this occasion, I was too late for it to be relevant, so I just didn't bother putting anything up. But, yeah, I think it's pretty scandalous. There's three or four accounts. Um, you don't have to search very far. There's one or two of the guys that have been... Let's say accused. Let's just use the word accused. There's one or two of the guys that have been accused um, kind of sort of holding their stance and saying, no, I didn't. I was being speculative and stuff. For me, like you mentioned, um, you don't speculatively spend 46 ETH. You know (laughs) what I mean? You you just don't. Not not on, on, say, you know, 3,000 NFTs. If you do that, you go and buy a monkey from the board yacht club or something. Do you know what I mean? Get a grip. so, no, I'm not buying it. I think when the statement came out, I'm going to be honest, and I don't care whether this wins me fans or <laughs> alienates it. I think Nicholas was bricking it when when he read it. He's obviously looking, and that effect, like anything else, a negative impact and negative publicity on your company can affect share price and the valuation and obviously the good standing that you've got with sponsors, partners, etc. That's just from my sort of my own commercial experience. You've got to try and toe the party line. Certainly I know that initially, you know, even just like if we take it back to us just for two seconds, when we very first started out on the podcast, there was a lot of times we would bite our tongue on topics, whereas now we just speak our mind and I don't I genuinely don't care. I, I don't care if the impact is we get a thousand more listeners for speaking our mind, or if it's only 25 of my mates tuning in because they want some good player tips every so often. I really don't care. But this, for me, I've not for one minute thought of selling up because I'm actually just flipping it on its head and looking at, right, okay, there has been a wee bit of a a market crash, which has actually allowed me to buy some of the players I've been after a wee bit cheaper. Now, in a month's time, they could be even cheaper. But then I've also seen that in a month's time, it could all settle down and they bring out a few new incentives. They, I don't know. They can, there's so many things that the, the company obviously can do to both damage limitate and to sort of make back goodwill, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. It does make sense. Um, and just, I suppose, what I, would, what I would say, there's there are probably, I would think, maybe about 50 to 60% of our listeners um probably operate on I think less than 2k of a budget all in and they'll probably be running maybe a couple of couple of red rare teams and maybe two or th- you know two or three yellow limited teams or they've got scattered in the cards just to try and get involved in the game try and understand the game the mechanics etc what I would say is that 
for all the negatives that are out there and all the people that are sort of selling up and made this kind of clear and venting on Twitter, there's also certain positives that might come out of it. Um, and I like to try and take, take a, I'm going to take a step back here. I'm watching what's happening. I'm still adding to my gallery, just going about in business as normal. I would like to, and I'm just going to be honest, that relegation lover account, uh, for me, get it to fuck off the platform. Do you know what I mean? I don't care if they have to, I don't know, reimburse somehow the original that price account. that was paid. I, don't, I, I just don't care, but shit like that doesn't help at all. And it just creates bad feeling, uh, bad will on the platform. So that, that's where I'm at with it. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Um, I think as well, like you say, you know, I I can imagine. I don't imagine for a second that that Nicholas has went to one of these so you know accused people uh, and said to him, "Here, by the way, in a couple of weeks' time, um, there's going to be you know this coming up. You might want to go and stock up your gallery with you know no, all no, these different not come from him." There's somebody somewhere in the chain has done that and broken yeah. his team's trust. Correct. Um, and I can only imagine how furious he would have been. Russ, when we go back, you know, 15 years ago, we were working together in the phone shop um, as the management team. Yeah. And when one of our guys, I remember, well, there's one, and he's no longer here to defend himself. I mean, um, he cost us both 500 quid. Because of how he treated the mystery shop, <laughs> how yeah. he treated him, how he treated everybody, so it was perfectly normal for him to do that. But he did. He 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 didn't go through the normal sales process. Blah blah blah, and it cost us half of our commission. And we were fucking furious yeah. because that was our Christmas bonus, and we weren't going to get the full whack because of. Now, to be fair to, I mean, on the other hand, we wouldn't have got any bonus if it wasn't for him. But you know, in his in his shenanigans, mm-hmm. <laughs> but. We, um, I I remember being so angry with him at the time, mm-hmm. and, and it was I, trust. Yeah, and it we'd lost the trust in him because you know we're like you know we're giving you all these benefits of you know getting away early if you hit your sales target or getting you know coming late on a Saturday because you've hit your target for the week or whatever it may have been. For them to turn around to do that, we were we were furious. So that's on that scale. That's not a three and a half billion dollar company. Yeah. that's just had somebody leak information that's, you know, and you know what would have happened? And a lot of it, I also look at it from the other aspect, Russ, as well, where some of the accounts that were complaining about it um, as well, and I'm not saying that they're not entitled to their opinion, but when you see somebody with three limited cards in their gallery kicking off about it, you're like, well, you wouldn't have benefited from it anyway. Yeah. You weren't going to buy any of these cards. Um, and, you know, that's not to say their opinion opinion's not valid. Do you know what I mean? But some of it was sour grapes, like that could have been me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like if I picked the right lot, if I'd have picked number 15 and number 22 in the lottery ticket, I would have won a grand instead of two quid. You know, it's yeah. what ifs and things like that. So I think one of the key things was at least the response yep. came from Nicholas. It did. Which, yep. you know, and there hasn't been loads from him directly. You know, you've got your community team and stuff, and the guys obviously, to an extent, you know, the guys that do that job, they're firefighting. You know, you're dealing with a lot more moans and issues and problems than you are with, with praise. We, we know that. We've, you know, anybody that works in some sort of customer service over the years will know that, that it's a firefighting job almost. Um, and to be fair, that was one of the things that gave me a little bit of 
a little bit of hope in the fact that something might be done about it in the fact that it was him and not just, you know, one of the team coming on and trying to sort of, you know, put everybody's mind at rest. So, yeah, I'm guessing, um, and I would like to think that somewhere within the business to find out where it's come from, I'm hoping that there's a headable role for that. I think the damage in relation to the marketplace, unfortunately, the damage is done. The players were all snapped up to an extent, I would say. In terms in terms of that, yeah, I mean, a lot of the players have been snapped up by this one account. There are still a lot of cards that are sitting out there in people's galleries. I've had a look um, at some of the Spanish ones. Um, being, you know, obviously I was in Malaga back in February. I went to the Malaga team shop and things like that. So I had a wee interest in teams. I seem to love teams that struggle against relegation. Um and and teams that play in blue, so <laughs> um, yeah, I um I went had a wee nosy to see what players they had because I do love a nosy, and you know there are still players available on the market that you know and you can go and have a look. Um, it's not as vast as it would have been, is probably what I would say. Um, however, I, I am excited by the leagues being there. I'm not as downheartened by everybody because I always look at All Star as a challenge against myself first and foremost. Yeah. You know, that's where most of the managers are. So the prize pool is lower in terms of the number of cards. But I won one a few weeks ago. You just need your, all your players to click. But my first and foremost is to get to those thresholds. The prize pool after that is a bonus. Um, but yeah, I think in theory, um, you know, that, that means there's more cards to be used in, in you know, in global and in under 23s. And going by Serea's own matrix or or whichever way you want whatever word you want to use for it their own guidance is that they would use uh you know the the number of cards available to be, to be used are the ones that are able to uh you know dictate the price pools so i think that'll be interesting to see that just to touch on from there russ the price prices drops you've obviously mentioned that as well there's been a huge amount of concern i've had i've had questions you'll no doubt have had questions as well whether you've answered them or not it's a different question mm-hmm. um but the uh the price is dropping, particularly in Europe and particularly in limiteds. And the big thing for that with me was that this is just cyclical. Um, I think the you know, yes, there has been a drop in the, you know, the prices due to people selling up because of the insider trading. But a big part of it is purely cyclical. The the prices go up. Now, they didn't boom as high as, you know, they, they have done for other leagues and other times. I think a lot of that's down to the, the commons being removed because people haven't been going in as hard with that, you know, because, you know, people don't have the goalkeepers, um, especially, you know, the low budgets like we've been speaking about. But once the season starts and you play four or five games, you get an idea of where players' averages are actually at now and you start to see the prices adjust on that basis. And that's all this is to me is a market correction for the prices. You know, when you look at your gallery and you think, oh, I've lost all this money. Well, you should have sold at peak. We've spoke about that since week one. You know, we sell at peak. You know, you try and fight, you buy these players at low and you sell them at peak. Um, and if, you, if you're if you a new user to the platform and you've not been through this cycle, boy, wait till you get to March or April and you will shit yourself when your cards are worth 20% of what they normally will be. And then four months later, they'll be back up to the same value as they are yeah. now. And it's cyclical, guys. So bear that in mind, you know, when, when you're freaking out and you're blaming Sarair for this. It's not, it's cyclical. It's purely cyclical. Now, yes, the new season cards have been coming out of us. And that's obviously one of my things on the list that we spoke about. But everybody's saying, you know, that's more competition, blah, blah, blah. You need more players 
you need or you need more managers sorry i should say Users, you need yeah. more managers for there to be more competition more players in the pool that you can pull from is a different thing from saying oh but that's more competition it's not you know yeah the whales will pick up all the big guys because that they've got the budget to do so but see if you go and look at the the players that have come out from the Croatian league there are good quality young players in that league that you could pick up put into a threshold team and start getting your thresholds and start building towards getting that rare goalkeeper that can push you on to win the prizes. And um, yeah, I, I, speaking of communication, just, just very quickly, I don't know if you noticed, the, the Croatian, Croatian League launch was launched by the Croatian League rather than by Serer. It was leaked by them before Serer had actually put the post up. Um, so there you go. <laughs> it could just be third-party nonsense as well, um, but I, I believe there was something more sinister to that one. But yeah, the, the Croatians released that just like the uh, the Dutch embassy, I believe it was, <laughs> with uh, with Benji Segrist. But I think that, you know, in theory, an increased number of cars to use should mean more rewards going by Serer's own you know, matrix or whatever you want to say, uh, as I as I mentioned before, um, but that would be you know hopefully increasing the price the prize pools, Russ, and um, hopefully making it a bit fairer for everybody. Yeah, and a good point on the on the, the Dutch embassy there. Just as uh, Rangers are three minutes away from making the Champions League, it would yeah, appear. I've got I've got it here. I wasn't going to mention it until it was full time. <laughs> yeah, um, no, I, I, let's uh, yeah, not count chickens, but uh, that would be certainly good for the coefficient. No, just obviously that I think one of the things that's come out this week is an increase, obviously, in the, in the prize pools. And would you believe that after months of so many people, and I mean dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of people all over the community of Syria begging for more prizes, now they're moaning that there'll be more prizes that will drive the market, the secondary market price down. So to an extent, Syria can't win there. You know, it's... It's almost a case of, you know, you're robbing Peter to pay Paul here almost feeling. But yeah, I'm I'm quite happy. If I'm if I'm winning more cards and have cards coming into my gallery. So there's like obviously I've won Connor Barron this week. Um I won uh, Marcos Lopez the week before and things. And these are guys that you know I'm not going to use, but if I'm winning cards and even if one of my other players has lost thirty quid in value or forty pounds in value. I'm still really happy that I've got something else to pick from or sell in my gallery. <laughs> you know, my overall position, if I'm winning prizes, you're winning a prize. You're winning something additional. So your, your overall position in theory, for me certainly, is that it's improving if I've got a chance to win more things. So, yeah, I, I obviously didn't didn't really make much noise about it. I've not got probably much more to, to, to say on this. You will see what comes out the next couple of weeks. Um, as I say, there are there are positives and negatives. The main negatives, obviously, would be the the, the community stuff. And the one thing, I, I don't know if it's kind of the last thing you want to pick up on, but what I did notice was a lot of noise from guys. That's it. I'm done with Serer. I'm selling up, but I'm keeping a threshold team. Well, you're not done with Serer then. Fucking make up your mind. You, you know, should I stay or should I go? You know what? Let's get the clash involved here. Should I stay or should I go? Because... Is it a case of, you know, do you just want to voice your concerns and get some attention on Twitter by saying, I'm selling up and I'm doing everything, and then all of a sudden, I'm back three days later. I'm back with the threshold team. So you've not lost you've not lost confidence in the company, otherwise you'd walk away completely. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I, I think, think there was a wee bit of, 
overreaction and a wee bit too much noise in that basis. Let's see what pans out. Let's see how they address it. They've obviously got the resource to, to address it properly and then to announce whatever they're doing. Um, so yeah, let's see what let's see what comes from it. Yeah, I mean, I put down the, the what the people selling up as one of the the points, and it was probably one of the final points before we touch on any Scottish news. Was I seen a lot of people obviously talking about selling up as you mentioned, and there have been a lot of people who have fully sold up, fully sold up, and as you say, maybe some of them are retaining you know a threshold team or whatever, and it harkens back a little bit to what we spoke about before with and um, the guys that are, um, you know, not not withdrawing um, money as they go. Yeah, um, you know, just not withdrawing money as they go. And I think that's something that, you know, if, if you've got, if you feel overexposed, you should be looking to, you know, get some of your money out. If you're feeling Definitely. like that, you should be looking to get some of your money out because you've clearly overexposed yourself or put yourself in a point where you don't feel comfortable. And for me... I can understand where a lot of the guys have come from, especially if they've come from a football index background that have lost thousands of pounds already. And now they're seeing a few red flags and they think they're getting itchy feet or they're, you know, they're just like, I, I don't feel comfortable anymore. And I totally, totally, totally understand that. And I, and I support it. And I should say to anybody, if you're not comfortable with where you're at at the moment, with how much money you've got in the platform, Start to look at that, you know, and, and address out. address yeah. where you feel comfortable. I'm five grand out, you know, I've got five grand withdrawn from here. I am so far into profit, it's unbelievable. And I said this to Louise last night, if the platform did go down for any reason tomorrow, yeah, I'd be upset because I've got three grand sitting in there. But you know what? I am £5,000 up in cold hard cash that's went to my bank. And I, I, I'm not going to, you know, grumble over that. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm comfortable. So... Address your own comfort levels, guys, and look at where you feel happy about it. And if you're okay with what you've got in, keep going. And if you're not, make your own decision at that point, Russ. That's that's kind of what I've got on the people selling up. Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably, you know, we've obviously got the Scottish news just very, very quickly before we finish. And because um, I think we've been talking for about an hour and a bit just on these subjects alone, Russ. Um, but obviously... I don't think any big Scottish transfers that you've uh, noticed or picked up on or uh, I can't think off the top of my head. It's been quite quiet still yeah, in general on the, the transfer front. I know that I think we covered Scott Allen losing his Red Cross by going to Arbroath at the very end of last week's podcast. We did. We did. He moved um, over there. And, you know, obviously this weekend there's quite a few um, bigger fixtures. And I'm just sorry. I should have had that sat there. And it's one thing I don't. I've actually, because I've got the Rangers game sat there on my phone <laughs> I um, I don't actually have that there um, but I'm just bringing it up just now fixtures for the weekend come in um, Ross County Rangers um, Ross County without two players through suspension um, Aberdeen at home to Livingston Russ I think that could be a, quite a, t- a tasty game um, yeah. but the big one for you I guess would probably be your team at home to the reigning champion Celtic when you're on the ropes as it is um, do you fancy taking a result from that? Because you usually do quite well against the old firm, uh, especially at home. But this it's could be ask. different. It's a it's a really tough ask. Um, we just need a massive reaction from the players in general. Yeah, I think I've said in the last couple of weeks, probably as much as I'm I'm going to say. Just you know what, I just want to see my team show something. And you know what, right now, if you said to me, hand on heart, uh, you get a point against Celtic, I would take it. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, I would take it. I would just. I would stop the what what's been perceived as like a, a mini early season rot. So, point against Celtic, we'd take that now. Um, I'd like to see a couple of goals as well, or you know, maybe a, a, even one of the strikers getting a goal would be just for a wee bit of confidence for for the whole team and also for the strike force as well moving forward for the next couple of games. We've got some hard games coming up. We've got to run a three or four games that um, you really don't want in a row. <laughs> no, no, it's like that. And I, I mean, there's. I think Ross County next two games are Rangers and Celtic, for example. You know, so there's a lot of tough games there. But yeah, you're right. Uh, I think that'll be a tough one. St. John's, uh, St. Mirren, Hibbs, uh, Kilmarnock, Motherwell, another good one. And then on Sunday, hopefully another European triumph for Hearts and could see three teams into the top two competitions. Now the Rangers have actually beaten PSV Eindhoven um, and Hearts are at home to St. Johnston. So um, I've got the Hearts boys there, but it's which ones will actually play is a different question, Russ, because of the rotation. But that's for you rotation. and your play sharper uh, lineup. So um, I will. Uh, I don't have anything else to add, Russ. Have you got anything else you'd like to put into this one? One minor point, obviously, oh. just as you say, and that was just the St Mirren Hibs game. Um, Alex Gogic has returned to St Mirren from mm. Hibs. He signed this week, and he has a card in the game. He does, and also um, Joe Shaughnessy has apparently been offered out for sale. I believe so, yeah, which I find um, quite quite surprising. But um, yeah, and you know you're looking at that, and obviously four doesn't go into three with uh, Shaughnessy, Fraser, Gallagher, and Charles Dunn. So mm-hmm. I would have genuinely thought that like Charles Dunn was getting touted all summer. I thought it would have been him that would have been leaving. Um, but it appears to be to be him. So, yeah, that is uh, pretty much, I think, everything we've got. Obviously, this has probably been our most un-Scottish, um, most un-Scottish podcast since we started. On a final note, obviously, you very briefly mentioned, Chris, that uh, the Croatian uh, league and the Croatian teams. Mm-hmm. Favourite Croatian of all time? Um, Davos Sukar. Davos Sukar. My favourite... And I'm just going just to end the pod. My favourite Croatian is not actually Croatian. He was born in Germany. And it's Robert Prozanecki. Who 25 used, who, and a, <laughs> a bottle 20, of Tizer. 20 fags, bottle of Tizer and a bottle of whiskey. And he would play like he was, you know, play like he was Hulet. So, oh, no, happy days. That's all from us, I believe, this week. Uh, yeah, I don't have anything else. That's quickly, Russ. Favourite uh, favorite game show host? We'll not go there. Till next week. Next week. Save it for next week. That'll be the opener next week, guys. You take care. Uh, Enjoy your game weeks and we'll speak to you all soon.